There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. The Guardian. For those of us with pets, we all know that they are part of the family. Freya was incredibly beautiful. She was eccentric in that she insisted on being either in the room or immediately outside the doorway within a meter of any room I was in. And she was a fulsome personality. That's Stephen, who sadly lost his cat Freya suddenly from organ collapse. He doesn't know exactly what caused her death, but he was feeding her one of the brands of cat food, which was recalled by their manufacturer, Foldhill Foods, in mid-June due to safety concerns. What I noticed was about five days before she started to vomit up food, um, she would withdraw and she started meowing a lot at me on the Monday and I, I worried about her. And she went to sit on my daughter's bed, very obviously hunched up in pain. And then by the Tuesday morning, I took her up the hill and the vet took five minutes to assess her. His prognosis was very, very bad. And we put her on fluids and we put her on pain relief. And you just hope, and I just sat there throughout that Tuesday. But then that was was the day she died. While the links between the cat food and illness are still under investigation by the Food Standards Agency and the Royal Veterinary College, there have been hundreds of cases of a rare blood disease called feline pancytopenia. They've got as far as believing that it may be something called a mycotoxin, which is a toxin that is naturally produced by fungi. It's still undergoing investigation and there is no confirmed link as yet. I'm Shivani Dave, and on Science Weekly from The Guardian, we ask what we should be feeding our cats and how to know that we're keeping them healthy. To talk us through the recall situation and to give advice on how best to feed our cats, I spoke to Daniela Dos Santos in mid-August. My name is Daniela Dos Santos and I'm the Senior Vice President of the British Veterinary Association and also a practising small animal and exotic pet vet in the southeast of England. That sounds like quite a fun job. Um, First, can we just kick off with why has this cat food been recalled? So, 
The straight answer to why it has been recalled is that we have seen an outbreak of something called feline pancytopenia, which is a disease that we usually only see sort of a handful of cases a year. Um, and there has been a real spike in them. And it appears that there may be a link to certain foods. So what is feline pancytopenia? So feline pancytopenia is when there is a very rapid drop in the number of red cells, white cells and platelets in the cat's body. And like I say, this is usually very, very rare. Um, but we have now seen over 500 reported cases with a 63% mortality rate. So as far as we can tell, the link between the food and the condition is still being investigated, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the recall on the types of cat food and in some cases specific batch numbers of food that were produced at a particular location is at the moment precautionary and they are still investigating the potential link between these cases and the food. They've got as far as believing that it may be something called a mycotoxin which is a toxin that is naturally produced by fungi but as I say it's still undergoing investigation and there is no confirmed link as yet. How common is it to have a food recall like this? It's actually not that common, you know, to this sort of level, it's not that common. In in human, you know, in human foods and so on, you do get recalls from time to time. But I have to say, I am not aware of a cat food recall um, this big um, in recent times. So it does seem like supermarkets and manufacturers are really trying to get the word out. Yes, they are. And um, they've been cooperating fully with the investigations as well. I know for cat owners that are listening, it'd be frustrating that, you know, I can't come on this podcast and say, this is why and this is the cause. They are continuing to investigate it and the Food Standards Agency will come out with any evidence they have um, as soon as they have it. For those of us who own cats, it's really worrying. I asked Daniela what her advice was, and she said to check that none of the food you feed your cat was in the Food Standards Agency recall notice. We'll include that on the podcast's webpage. If it is, stop using it immediately and contact your vet. If your cat also appears unwell, then contact your vet urgently. I've got a cat myself. Obviously, all of this is quite worrying. So people now more than ever are probably concerned about what they're feeding their cats. And it can be quite confusing. Grain versus non-grain, kibble versus wet food. What should cats be getting? What would they need in their diets? And what is the best thing to feed them? So it's really important when you're thinking about feeding your cat that overall you end up with a nutritionally balanced diet that is suitable for your cat's age, breed and lifestyle. So, you know, I can't come on here and say this particular food is right for every single cat. It just doesn't work like that. All cats are different. But there are some basic requirements that cats need. So cats are actually obligate carnivores, which means they need certain proteins and certain ingredients that are found in meat protein in order to be able to survive. And so a balanced diet is important, but we must remember that cats are obligate carnivores and therefore it's really important that we provide them with that in their diet. So should we be buying our cats cat food that is specially tailored for their diets or can we be cooking human food? Some people will go out of their way to cook almost Michelin star <laughs> meals for their pets and themselves. So my first thing would be it is so much easier to get it wrong than it is to get it right because they need a balanced diet. Now, commercially prepared cat foods that conform to the Pet Food Manufacturers Association's regulations, 
have been formulated to meet the dietary needs of the modern day domesticated cat and have undergone feeding trials in order to show this. So it is much easier to get right with the commercial pet food. You know, they are specially formulated. It is much easier to get it wrong with homemade diets. So I would always suggest that if people are concerned or want to find out what's the best thing to do to speak to their vets about the different diet options. Within that commercial food that's available for cats, is there a consensus on what's better, wet food versus dry food? So the straight up answer is that there's no overriding benefit over one or over the other. It's very much a individual decision. Sometimes the cats make that decision for you and they say, no, thank you. I only want wet or I only want dry. Um, (laughs) There are some um, clinical conditions where we say, you know, wet is better. For example, in certain urinary problems in cats, we say wet is better. If for teeth, we may say dry is better. So overall, as long as it is a commercially formulated, well-balanced diet, it's fine. And there just may be situations that it's a specific type of diet for a specific type of condition. So what about the random things that cats eat? Like we had a bit of a whip round in the office and found that Some of our cats are eating lemon drizzle cake or corn crackers. Gus loves tofu. Gus is my cat. That is very strange. (laughs) Are those things good or bad or indifferent to a cat's health? So we come back to the point that their diet will already be commercially prepared and well-balanced. And those things that the cats are getting to are just extra bits where curious cats go, yes, please, I would like some of this. Um, I think a couple of things to be aware of. Uh, Obesity is a real problem in our pets at the moment. So we just need to make sure that if the extra bits include things like treats or fish and things like that, we just need to be careful that we're not, you know, overloading them with calories and, and making them fat. Um, But also, you know, we do need to be careful with what we're leaving out and about because some things are toxic to cats. Now, generally speaking, cats don't have a sweet tooth. But, you know, I have seen situations where cats are going after grapes and raisins and chocolate, all of which are toxic to cats. So just be cautious of what you're leaving out and about and how it could affect your cat's health. And what about the comparison between indoor and outdoor cats? Are indoor cats supposed to eat more because they're not out hunting or...? So I think what you're touching on then is lifestyle and calorie requirements, right? So if you have a cat that that goes out and spends ages just roaming and playing and meeting other cats and, you know, doing lots of activity, actually, they'll use up a lot of their calories, won't they? And so um, perhaps their calorie requirement may be slightly higher. And for indoor cats, we tend to find they have a more sedentary lifestyle. They don't do as much exercise. And so actually, it's probably easier to make an indoor cat obese than it is an outdoor cat. I mean, with that in mind, how much should a cat be eating? And is it smarter to sort of feed them food throughout the day so they can have something to nibble on or is two meals one in the morning one at night best the important message through this is about total calorie intake right so whatever food you're feeding your cat will tell you how much should be fed for their particular weight and i would just say if you are at all concerned stuck not sure can't understand the chart don't know if your cat's the right weight speak to your vet practice they'll be able to get you in for an appointment with a vet or a vet nurse to help you figure that one out and figure out what the right amount to be feeding is. Um, And in your question in terms of how often do you feed them, I think the top line message to that is it doesn't really matter as long as their daily calorie requirements are met and not exceeded, because it's when you exceed them that you end up with obesity. And my personal preference would be feed twice a day. That way you can fix the feeding times, you can fix the feeding volumes, and you have better control. 
but I feed my cat three times a day because there's nothing to do in a pandemic. There you go. So, but are you feeding smaller meals? Yes, we do measure it out. Then you're fine because you're still measuring out a total calorie yeah, amount. So <laughs> I just think he likes having a breakfast, lunch and dinner when I'm eating. Ah, see, now you're reflecting your own feelings on your cat. That's how we end up with fat cats. Oh, I'll just give the cat a bit of toast. I'll give the cat a bit of tuna. <laughs> that's, that's how we end up with big cats. I'm very strict on what he can eat, but... I do allow him to eat at mealtimes, but his, his allotted amount. Does he sit at the table with you? No. That's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a one-size-fits-all approach to feeding pets, or is it very much dependent on individual needs and requirements? So I think both. So there is not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to what type of food, what calories, etc. But, you know, they are certain requirements that cats have, being obligate carnivores, and we do need to make sure that we don't overfeed. Thank you so much, Daniela, for your time. It's been fascinating to talk to you, and I'm going to go have a chat with Gus about what he is and isn't allowed to eat now. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm sure he will be slightly disappointed, but long term, it'll be the right thing for him. Thank you so much. Take care. Links to the latest updates on the recall notice are on the podcast's webpage. In June of this year, the manufacturers of the cat food brand Fold Hill Foods released a statement. They said, We recognise and appreciate the distress this is causing to many people and are working with the FSA, Pet Food Manufacturers Association and veterinary authorities to assist them in identifying the source of the feline pancytopenia cases. They clarified that... There is currently no established link between these deaths and the food we produce, and vet teams are working hard to establish the source. That's it for this episode of Science Weekly. We'll be back on Thursday, but if you've got any thoughts, feedback or episode ideas, please drop us a message at scienceweekly at theguardian.com. Bye for now. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.